I would say I'm inspired just by general life here in Orange. I feel so happy all the time. Like it's, and that I think comes out in my artworks. They're very joyful. Aussies are relocating from capital cities to regional Australia in record numbers. We could give you all the stats about better house prices, all the jobs on offer and higher levels of happiness. But what's better than hearing from someone who's made the move themselves? Welcome to You Moved Where, the podcast where we interview everyday Aussies who've moved from the city to the country. I'm your host, Beck Bignall, a girl from regional Australia who moved to the city and then, you guessed it, back to regional Australia. This is You Moved Where. Leeton-born Kayla Henley swiped right 56 times before she ironically met her husband in the old-fashioned way through a blind date set up by a mate. But her dating experience wasn't in vain. Fast forward a few years and Kayla put her expertise to good use by committing the same energy to making friends in her newfound community of Orange. Although she was living in Sydney, Kayla always felt the tug of return to the regions and when she finally convinced her husband Charlie, successful date number 57, that a move beyond the big smoke was a good idea, he took a job in the central west town, they bought a dog and ditched city life. Kayla's Tinder toolkit equipped her with tried and tested tactics to help her meet people. She boldly set up coffees at cafes, embraced all invitations that came her way and fully committed to a friend-finding frenzy. Highly caffeinated, she began to get connected and bit by bit built up a diverse and social network that has made her feel right at home in the town. Kayla's life has totally expanded since moving to the regions, from welcoming two children into the family fold to carving out a new career as an artist. And while her Tinder dates are well and truly behind her, there's no denying that if Orange was a person, Kayla would definitely swipe right. Kayla Henley, you moved where? I moved to Orange in the Central West of New South Wales. Fantastic. And before Orange, you were a born and bred country girl from Leeton, but straight out of school, you took off to Wollongong and then lived over in Sydney where you stayed for a bit of time. Did any of these places feel like home or was it always kind of transient for you? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely always transient. I I did love my time in um, both Wollongong and Sydney, but was always looking to return somewhere regional or rural even. And what was your um, childhood in Leighton like? Is that what sort of inspired you to aim to get back to the regions? Leighton is a town of about 11,000 people and I just had the best childhood there. Uh, It was filled with um just community lots of sport everything was easy yeah it was just a wonderful place to grow up I think that sense of community is probably the the driving force for wanting to return somewhere regional so you grew up in and you had quite a you know small community experience there in Leighton and then you took off overseas what was your desire to go out of Australia and international? Yeah, that was kind of, oh, I would say I had a midlife crisis in my early, when I wasn't in midlife. I was studying at Wollongong at the time and really wasn't enjoying my course and just decided to go and take a gap year. And I deferred university for a year and 
I think I was just looking for adventure, something new. I was a bit lost really as well. So I think I was just really quite unhappy (laughs) studying. So I was like, let's go overseas, fresh perspective on life, like seeks adventure and um, a chance to kind of reassess what I wanted in my out of my life. I was 21 at the time. And where did you, where did you go specifically? Like, did you have anywhere in mind because you were influenced by, you know, something you'd read or watched, or did you literally throw a dart at a board and be like, this is where I'm going to travel to. And then off you went one way ticket. Yeah, it was the time where this is um, pre-Instagram. So everyone had, I can't even think of them now, those, oh, the Lonely Planet Guide. I bought a Lonely Planet Guide (laughs) and I booked um, I booked a top debt trip because that was when it, like they were really popular. That's what I started with. Like it was like a twenty-one day top deck. You saw a ridiculous amount of countries for like one day each, and then from there I had planned to work in England and got a visa to do that as well. Yeah, England I guess was the main destination after the travel. And how long were you there for until you came back to Sydney? Yeah, it was just over 12 months. I decided to come back and finish nursing. So it was good. I felt like I ultimately came 316 knowing that I wanted to come back and finish my degree. And so you came back to finish your degree and then did you have another life event happen? Like when did you meet your now husband, Charlie? And can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, so you know, returned, finished my degree, worked for two years and then moved to Sydney. I'd been living in Sydney for three years at that point and was very actively dating. At the point in which I met Charlie, I had been on 56 first dates up to to him. This is over a course of like quite a while. But, yeah, I would say I was like I was pursuing dating almost like a job. But it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was a great time. And it gives some context to then meeting Charlie. So I I was talking to a friend and Charlie was her colleague and he had a spare ticket to a ball and needed a date. So she put us in touch. Um, She showed me a photo of him on Facebook and I was like, oh, yeah, he's okay. Which isn't fair. He's actually so so handsome. But I don't know. I, I think at that point... It took a lot to probably maybe impress me. You become so um, desensitised, you know, swiping right on Tinder. Long story short, Charlie sent me a text. Oh, sorry. Um, My friend went to work the next Monday and said to him that she'd found him a date. So then Charlie um, sent me a message and asked me out for a drink. So we met up. It was completely blind, I guess you could say, a blind date. If we were to have matched on Tinder, we never would have come across each other because he's young. Like there's just a few things that we wouldn't have ever met, I think. We don't have a lot in common on the surface. And ultimately you struck gold with Charlie because then you guys ended up getting married, I believe. Talk to me about what happened after that first blind date. Yes, so we met on that blind date and just completely hit it off, but I had low expectations because – Sydney dating scene then we went on a second third and then kind of from there it just um very uh organically became a relationship which was wonderful then we um moved in together interestingly Charlie never wanted to leave Sydney it was always a bit of a um I would say a hurdle or maybe what's what I'm looking for 
Like it was the thing in our relationship that we did discuss a lot. I was very keen and from the start had always um, indicated to him that I wanted to move out of Sydney. I just felt like the things I wanted in life I couldn't have in Sydney because I was working as a nurse and there was just no foreseeable way that I was ever going to afford to buy property, especially in the eastern suburbs. I, but I think just generally in Sydney, um, affordability was the big reason why I wanted to to leave Sydney, just so I could have a backyard and a dog. So that was always a discussion we were having and kind of never agreed on, but always agreed that we wanted to stay together. It got to three years of being together and I kind of continued to express my desire to move out of Sydney and Charlie had maintained that he wanted to stay. He was pursuing a corporate career and was very passionate about that. I don't really know what happened, but he kind of just, I think, slowly saw the appeal of moving out of Sydney in the way that I did. Um, so I'd been telling him how I wanted a dog and a house with a backyard. And then um, a friend of his told him that a job with the government had become available in Orange and that he should go for it. So Charlie interviewed for the job and was successful. So we had to actually drive out to Orange because we both hadn't been to Orange. Um, So that was interesting that we now live and love this regional town that we didn't really know much about at the time. And so you guys jumped in the car, headed out to Orange with like very little understanding about it. And how soon did it take for you to go, this is a great decision. We're so glad we're here. Yeah, we came out for that. We came out for that weekend to just see before he agreed and accepted the position. And I remember we walked around with like great restaurants, great coffee. We went to a few wineries. There were some beautiful boutique stores. So I was like, well, there's a little bit of shopping here. People were so friendly. So I feel like in that moment we we were a little bit excited. We're like, this, this could be really great. We obviously made the move, I believe it was like a month later. And pretty much from the get-go, we've just loved it. We've just um, immersed ourselves in, in the community here. Charlie... Um, plays rugby so that was really helpful for him to just immediately have a a group of friends who have a very um, similar interest. And I've got it on good authority that you had your own strategy for building a network similar to your Tinder approach or your multiple dates and like getting a really good knack of interviewing prospective husbands. I believe you applied the same methodology (laughs) to finding friends. Tell me about your ability to create a network on the ground in Orange shortly after you arrived there. Yes. So when we moved, I, I actually thought Charlie would be the one that would struggle to make friends, but ultimately ended up being myself. Um, I'm much more outgoing and he's more introverted. So I just, my approach to making friends was quite similar to dating. I I guess you just don't have the apps in the same way. Um, I would just say yes to everyone that we met. I would suggest coffee dates to everyone and some of them didn't quite take me up on the offer. I think in hindsight, everyone's very busy probably don't want to meet up with his random girl. I think it paid off in that I have a really diverse, wonderful group of friends now, but it did take time. I love that as a concept because you can talk about all the wonderful things about moving, but there is a pragmatic reality to actual 
tools that you've got available and strategies and approaches that you can implement to make sure that it feels like a long-term solution for your life. And for an outgoing person, obviously having an active friend group and, um, you know, really solid relationships is super important. But like, where do you start? Like you say, you don't have the Tinder for, for, for mates. So when you'd go yeah. for coffees, will you go to the same coffee shop or would you change it up and like, was it awkward when you first met? How did you kind of like build that rapport? It's just such an interesting concept and I love it. I think I approached it quite similar to how I used to approach dating. Like there's classic questions you can ask. Everyone likes to talk about themselves generally. So I think I probably took the approach of asking lots of questions. Um, did I go to the same coffee shops? I don't even, isn't it, Beck? is it funny? I can't even really remember what I did now. I just remember being desperate. <laughs> and I failed to mention, sorry, I think the thing with um, Charlie and I, we moved here not knowing anybody. So we had no one to um, introduce us or, or almost like um, like a bit of social, uh, like social proof or credit to be like, oh, meet Charlie and Kayla. Like they're really lovely. They've just moved here. So I think that made for me so much harder because I had to really, I felt like I really had to prove myself that I was like friendly or normal or whatever it is people are looking for. It's made me much more aware when other people are new to town, I try and try and help connect them or at least be friendly and invite them to group activities or just because I know what it's like to be on the other side. Were you sad to leave Sydney or how did you feel about leaving that big city life behind? I definitely, there was a sense of relief when we left Sydney. We actually left with a grudel puppy, which was like my dream come true. I'd found him. The moment Charlie accepted the job, I went on to Trading Post and we had this gorgeous puppy, Fred, within two weeks. So I think I just felt like there were so many things to look forward to rather than dwelling on perhaps what we were giving up, which we were, you know, we were leaving behind friendships and a community there. And Charlie was leaving pretty well his dream job, I guess you could say. But it felt like we were pursuing a much bigger life by leaving is how I felt. So um, there wasn't sadness there, yeah. And I guess Orange, it's such a big, small community with so much going on, you know, and a a lot going for it. It's very vibrant. What do you love about it? Mm. Oh, there is so much I love about Orange. I guess firstly it's beautiful. Autumn in Orange is is such a sight to behold. There's just incredible, like just autumn colours. It's orange, red, yellow everywhere. But then aside from the scenery, people here are so friendly. I really, it really feels like a small country town. I do have many, I have three local coffee shops I go to all the time and the baristas know your name, they know your order. I love that so much the the food and wine in orange is really well renowned so there's lots of wineries it just always feels like there's something to do as well there's lots of activities there's a great regional gallery here there's a lot of culture I just feel like it ticks all all the boxes I feel like orange has had a transformation even just in the last four years in which we've moved here definitely feels like it's like a bit of a hot spot to visit post-covid or even during COVID all our friends want to come and visit because like a lot of wineries have opened up even in the time in which we've moved here so it is a great place to host people 
I feel like um, someone once described it as the barrel of the Central West, which I would agree. (laughs) That's really funny. Kayla, we've got something in common. We've both got newborns. Um, My newborn is sitting here on my lap because I cannot get her to sleep today. And you've been very kind listening to all the huffs and puffs of my little baby Poppy. Uh, You've got two boys that you've had Alvy and George, since arriving to Orange, what's the community like there as a mum of two young children? Oh, it is incredible. There is so, so many beautiful young families around us. I catch up with basically a mum or a friend every day. Um, We go either to like the local park, there's a few local playgrounds that we meet at everything's just so easy. So you get to meet up with people. I guess everything's just like a five-minute drive. The sense of community with mums is just so wonderful. Someone was joking the other day because I've started like a WhatsApp of all the mums that have had babies in the last kind of six months. It's like you don't need community health. You just need Kayla's mums group. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Like I just feel like we run in, like for example, you'll go to the, the local park and you'll run into three families that you know incidental friendships almost and catch-ups with people like you don't you don't plan to meet but you just run into them which is just it's just lovely and there's there's just I feel like Orange is having a boom in in young families and babies this we seem to be everywhere which is wonderful. As a young family have you seen the shift of couples in their 30s making the move to the regions has that happened since you've been there or do you think it sort of started before you arrived? Yeah, I wonder, I guess we might not have known them, but I feel like all our friends here are predominantly, they're not from Orange. They're, they've moved, and most of them have moved from Sydney, actually. I feel like there's only, and we've got like quite a vast network of friends through our workplaces and the rugby club. Like 95% of them are people that have made the move themselves. I feel like most weeks we meet a new couple or hear of a friend of a friend that have decided to make the move back or out to the Central West. Yeah. Kayla, your career is so interesting. You're an emergency room nurse, but you're also an incredible painter. Can you tell me how art found its way into your life? I I started just painting randomly when we lived in Sydney, but never like never took it seriously and just was teaching myself in my, my spare time and loved it. Then when we moved out here, I was working full-time, yeah, as an emergency nurse at our local hospital. And I just, I I let it go for like well over, would have been two years, just didn't prioritise creativity at all. And then um, when I was on maternity leave with our eldest child Albert I just started painting again and I shared a picture on Instagram and it really took off from there and that would have been about 18 months ago now Um, and I just seemed to have found this sweet spot of what people wanted and what I wanted to create as well so it's it's been oh it's been so wonderful so life-affirming. Orange is known for this wonderful store Jumbled which has 
an incredible range of homewares and artwork and fashion that is super sexy. It's glittery, colourful. The curation um, done by the owner there, Pip, it rivals any top store in the cities and people will actually go to Orange for the store alone because it's just got so much appeal. What I love about Jumbled is that it totally revives the image that people have of regional Australia, particularly in connection to creativity, where they sort of think of, you know, those very romantic, sort of more sombre um, characteristics of the regions. And yet here in Jumbled, you see this highly visible um, creative community that really draws on future and progressive ideas of colour and vibrancy and joy. Um, Kayla, you have got artwork in Jumbled, which is a massive achievement. Tell me about that experience for you. Oh, it is it is such a dream come true. I I followed Jumbled when we lived in Sydney. So I knew where Orange was, obviously, and followed them because as you've touched on, they have such an incredible Instagram presence and they're so vibrant and so fun. And when we came out here for that trip, Jumbled was like top of my list to visit. I was like, I have to go to Jumbled and I did. And I've actually got a photo of me having a coffee there because there's also a cafe and it just feels like I've come 360 to, to now have artwork featured in their store. I would say it doesn't get any better than that. That's probably like, to me, it's a really big deal. How it came about, they Jumbled for the last few years have held a competition where artists submit a portfolio and I was lucky enough to be one of the finalists so there was an overall winner and then I was a finalist which means you get your work featured and you get a one-on-one mentoring session with um Pip and yeah it's just that's been incredible um having Pip kind of back you like what that's done for my my own like Instagram profile's been incredible just seeing all the followers I've gained just from her sharing my work yeah and where do you paint at home, where's the special place that you do your work? I paint in our, we've got a little office, which should be an office, but it's now a semi-studio. And then I've also got a little, I call it my studio, which it's a corner in the shed that I've commandeered next to the Ryobi lawnmower and the blower. <laughs> Love that. I, like the man cave and the shed should totally yeah. be taken over by art. Love now that. the studio. <laughs> Fantastic. And what are you inspired by, like, for your art? Is it local and is it your experience in Orange that kind of feeds into your creativity? Yeah, I think I I create, um like, at the moment I'm doing these, like, little floral still lifes which predominantly are just colour, like as in the inspiration is colour and bringing like colour and joy. I would say I'm inspired just by general life here in Orange. I feel so, sounds so lame, but I'm, I feel so happy all the time. Like it's, and that I think comes out in my artworks. They're very joyful. Tell me about your experience of joy in, in the country. Why, what do you attribute it to? Why do you feel happy all the time? Life is just so easy here. It's I feel like there's not much that um I, I get like maybe stressed about or you know, like there's your everyday stresses, but life truly is I think far more enjoyable in a in a regional rural area. Um, you know, just like the basic things are so accessible, like 
going to the supermarket, parking. I'm a bit of a disorganized person. So it's so easy now that if I forget the milk, I can just quickly go back and get the milk. Whereas um, when we lived in Sydney, we just go without it. I think it's as well, like just that sense of community here as well. I feel like people here have been really supportive of my artwork as well. I think um, what Jumbled and a lot of other businesses here, they have such a platform that shows you anything's possible now, social media and even the internet, I guess. You don't have to live in a city to be successful, especially culture, like in the arts. A lot of artists suffer from, well, a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome and it's almost been the people locally bolstering me up that have made me want to share and continue on this journey to now the point where I do really actually believe in myself and my abilities, whereas probably a year ago it was just very much a hobby, whereas now I'm I'm toying with the idea that this potentially could be like my next career. I'm, when I think about the support here, this, you make connections with other business owners just really organically because it is a smaller place. Like you do run into them at the local cafe. You all follow each other on Instagram. You know, you have conversations on Instagram. And I feel um, when people that I really admire in businesses locally, you know, send me a message that they love my work. I can't tell you the boost to my confidence that that brings. And it's a sense of, like, I see them as such credible sources as well. So Kayla, what is magical about Orange that may not be on the tourist pamphlet? I would say there's a really thriving creative community here that I've only recently tapped into. There's a orange, the Orange Regional Gallery had a refurb about a year ago and it's this incredible space in the centre of town. They um, host a yearly exhibition where local artists can submit their work. Um, So that's an incredible opportunity for emerging artists to be featured in this beautiful space. And then just recently, like there's been this artist group start by another local artist that's been a wonderful thing to tap into which again I just don't know that I would have that opportunity if I wasn't living somewhere regional that's just each other like finding each other on Instagram so um, they meet up once a month for coffee and just brainstorm and connect with I guess because everyone you know works in a studio by themselves so it's nice to um, have a, a colleague in a sense so that's probably one of the magical things there's um Orange has the food week, which is, it's like a really big deal out here. They have all these events that attract a lot of visitors. Like there's um, forage where you get to, you get dropped off at one winery and meander through a number of different wineries and there's like food stations. The the nature here is incredible. We have a lake called Lake Canobolis. Um, There's this beautiful lookout that looks over across Orange called Pinnacle. In Orange, you have access to all these other smaller towns, which I love, Millthorpe, Molong, Karkor. Um, the Ofer Gold Reserve is spectacular. Well, Orange and the surrounding areas, I think, have so much to offer. So one of the things that we like to do on this podcast is dispel many of the misconceptions and the wacky ideas that people continue to push about life in the sticks. When we're talking to people like yourself, we can uncover 
that some of these things aren't entirely true. So this is our buster myth section. And the myth that we'd like you to bust for us today is that there is limited entertainment like live gigs in the regions. I would definitely bust that myth. Um, We have an incredible Orange Civic Theatre here which hosts quite big names. Um, I saw Human Nature last year. And then there's also we have um, there's a local cafe called Factory Espresso, and the owner is his brother is Tom Gleason. Sorry, so he runs like a monthly comedy club where he gets like quite big names from Sydney coming out on a Friday and Saturday night, and then lots of the wineries um, attract talent out here as well. Yeah, so I, I think that there's always something to do on a Friday and Saturday night here. Kayla, if you were to pitch regional Australia, what would you say? Oh, I'd say just do it. Make the move. I don't think anyone would regret it. I I think if you're thinking about it, give it a shot. I don't think you'll miss much about city life. Kayla, it's been so awesome to chat to you today. Thank you so much for your time. And it's just been wonderful to hear that you can move to the bush as you've done and actually pursue a career that you've always secretly hoped to have gone after but never had the confidence and found that confidence in the community that you live in and continued to grow on that and to go from an emerging artist to winning that award to now actually being an established artist who sells their work. It's such an inspiring thought that you can actually reimagine who you are and what you do in in the bush when you take that leap of faith and move as you've done. So thank you so much for being so generous with your story today. It's been wonderful to chat. I'm like, I believe in like this, you're the story you're telling, like as in what this podcast stands for so much. I've loved this chat and I love Orange. (laughs) New Moved Wear is made on the land of the Binjara people with Kayla Henley joining us from the land of the Wiradjuri people. We would like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land and pay respects to Elders past and present. This episode was produced by Grace Rouvre with audio production by Adair Shepherd and hosted by me, Beck Bignall. The You Move Where podcast is brought to you by Move to More and the Regional Australia Institute. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts because on the next week's episode, you'll hear stories like this. Being able to do anything you want with the garden and so much gardening and I can't get enough gardening and I'll just probably drop dead gardening. But Move to More is supported by the Australian Federal Government. And if you head to the website, movetomore.com.au, you can find a wealth of information that will help you make the move. At movetomore.com.au, You can search almost 2,000 regional towns and cities to find your favourite regional destination and in the same place, find your dream home and job.